Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 21, and our recommendations on Love is Blind Season 3, Mosquito Coast Season 2, Barbarian, Raymond and Ray, and more. Hi, Margaret. How are you today? For Friday. I'm actually pretty good for Friday. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. Ooh, what are you doing back there? Sorry. The dog is like nudging my butt. (laughs) (laughs) My butt. Through the chair. All right. All right. All right. So Judith's commentary at the beginning of this episode is on hope and family and connection and It's interesting because that happens at the beginning. And then at the end with Ezekiel and Negan, they talk about hope again. And we see pieces and connections with our characters throughout the episode that concentrate on hope, on the theme of hope. So I want to know from you, because this is our question of the day, what past episode gave you the most hope for our group, meaning the Walking Dead characters? I, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, they created this whole formula and they get, they're teased, golden rain yes. all the way through and then it ends up crashing. I know. So I don't think that maybe way back when. For a moment, maybe. Like when you saw, when you saw hope and it gave them a push to keep going on. Like when did you see that? That's what I mean by hope. Because yes, of course, it, it always comes falling down like. dominoes, but uh, we keep seeing inklings of hope. I can't be very specific other than probably just when they were in Alexandria, because that seemed to be like the most normal life that they had, Um, even though there were lots of things that were going on. But it was, you know, a suburban atmosphere. They had a farm, you know, they were producing for them. So they were really making it work. So I think that was the only The only period of time that actually I felt like they were, it was getting boring because there wasn't enough going on, you know? Yeah. So, but I mean, that to me is the hope thing. I mean, of, of some kind of normalcy, because is, is, is hope normalcy? I mean, is that what that is? I don't know. It could be right. And it's also how we perceive hope or what that means for us also. I think they just want to get back to how it was like the time that I'm talking about where they were taking care of each other and protecting their own and, you know, providing for themselves and not needing outside gifts or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I know that's a hard one because hope is an individual thing. Well, when Judith was talking about it, I felt I saw when people were embracing, when Maggie and Rick embraced when Rick and Carol embraced. So it was moments like that that were shown in the beginning while Judith had her commentary. It was a fast commentary. Though. It was. But, oh, it always makes me like emotional, bittersweet. I don't know every time I see it because I miss those, you know, us seeing the earlier episodes and seasons. But for me, the moment that stood out to me was that moment when they were all at Terminus and the explosion happens and it's Carol there to save them and to get them out of there. And they all get out. And when Carol and Rick hug and he says, you did all that. 
And she says yes. And then when Carol and Daryl hugged, something about that moment for me, even though they were still in super dire way of life, I still felt like hope for them because they got out of this horrible predicament they were in and their heads were almost being slashed off and they were able to get out of there with um with Carol saving the day. So I felt a hope for them. Like they were reunited and here they're going on their next, you know, onto their next place. Which after that is Alexandria. So yeah. that would kind of make sense. I would like to know from you listening out there, let us know what you think. Which past episode gave you the most hope for the Walking Dead group? You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. The links are in the show notes. Okay, so episode 21 is entitled Outpost 22. Daryl and Carol make plans to save their friends as they track a train. Maggie, Rosita, and Father Gabriel make it off a prison bus while Negan, Ezekiel, and Kelly find themselves working at a labor camp and are transported to a mysterious and familiar place. So, Margaret, tell me, what did you think of this episode? I, so, I, uh watched it twice and I really get more out of it the second time. There were a lot of gaps that were filled. I watched it a little more critically as far as just how things fit together. And it's just, it's like a piece of art because it really is so well thought and so well edited and just so well pieced together as far as just one thing leads to another transitions. And when you watch it the second time, I mean, with the service that I have, no commercials. So it really yeah. is, you're waiting, oh, we got to go to the bathroom, but you can't because, <laughs> because, you know, it just kept going, no commercials. And I was like, man, I wish, you know, I wish it was this way The when I saw it the first time through because it really flows so well. So that's what I noticed. And I really, the other thing that I noticed was the pairing off of characters, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then, you know, Maggie being alone, but she's sort of that rogue loner. Anyway, so it wasn't outside of her character to be alone. Right. It just was so intense, you know, but it made sense. There wasn't anything that was too outrageous that occurred, like when she got free on the back of the truck and all the noise. And then finally, when the gun starts going up, that's when everybody kind of hops, you know, is aware of what's going on. The only the only gap for me was that why didn't anybody notice that this is happening back in that truck if they're in this convoy? Yeah. That was the only thing. Mm -hmm. But maybe they weren't part of the convoy. It just wasn't very clearly identified. Mm -hmm. But I I mean, I liked the episode. I, I saw characteristics or just different sides of some of these characters that I hadn't seen before that you've always talked about. And I've never really wanted to acknowledge it, but <laughs> it, it was there. <laughs> like with Carol. I mean, Carol, it just, I thought it was good because... I didn't feel like it was too much Carol, but I thought it was really appropriate Carol, this episode with how she was, the role that she plays within the whole group. Yeah. I didn't really like, though, that Maggie was, like, at the end taking charge because I really felt like she doesn't deserve to. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, make the plans, make the, be the, be the, the survivor, you know, the survivor lead who then gets exiled or cut off because they're too aggressively playing the game. So, because anywhere else she'd be like, no, we don't want to, she'd be viewed as trying to take over. And I guess that's what I don't like. How about you? I loved all the action in it. I 
Mm-hmm. I really enjoy, you know, I enjoy all the episodes, but this one felt different to me. I felt like they were really in a different situation than they've been in the past. I think because they had to deal with a group of soldiers and going to this camp, it felt very organized. And so I thought, man, how's our group going to get out of this? Although they tend to figure out ways because they've lived out and had to survive all these things. So they're really good at that. But it, it, I, I feel like they were just facing a different element than they've faced in the past. So it did make me worried for them, mm-hmm. which I appreciated, right? Because we do care about our characters and it is exciting when they do have to face something, something dangerous. And then the train also was a, you know, added in as something new for them that they hadn't heard which I'm thinking, guys, you can hear a train from a distance. So it's interesting that they hadn't heard this train before anywhere along the line, because the train's not just right there. It has to travel. So Right, but they were also supposed to be clearing the tracks. So maybe this is the first time that they're actually putting it, implementing it. That's true. So So I found that just all that was new. And so I really enjoyed seeing that. You know, they've been through so much of the years, and they're still subjected to this kind of treatment as prisoners. So that's part of what Uh, made me feel for them. And I also thought it was super heartbreaking, Maggie's experience with the child, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. But um, I just liked seeing the different dynamics within the relationships that we still get to see even as it's nearing the end. And so it was over before I wanted it to be over. I can't wait for the next episode. So tell me what stood out to you in this episode. I well, like, you love Carol. I'm like, eh, she's okay. But I really felt like it was uh, the scenes. I don't know who directed this, but whoever did, I don't know whether they let her just do her thing or if they actually gave her some direction with how to play it. But I really, really felt felt like it was appropriate because she was not, I don't know. She's always kind of come off a little meek and just kind of like muffle, like she's got, you know, her lips are sewn shut when she gives her lines because you can't understand her. It's like she's muffled. And she still was that low-key sort of giving advice to Daryl and giving advice to Maggie and doing all that kind of stuff. But there was there was a shift in the portrayal of her character of these scenes because she did have a strength that was not like an arrogant... She was, for me, the first time really connecting with what she was saying. And I think in the past, she's probably just, for me, it just hasn't come off as being very real. And this time it did. So I thought it was really effective. And I really saw the, and maybe it's just because it's coming to the end of the show. Right. And everybody's sort of tied together outside, you know, as people, just tied to these people, you know, on on a personal level. And so they're really actually interacting with them in an appropriate way rather than a self-directed or directed way that just kind of doesn't do service to the words. And so I really was, I really liked Carol in this episode because she's just seemed to be the voice of reason, the comfort, and it wasn't sort of a condescending or a, they just had a different, it had a different feel for me. Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was really genuine versus just being said, spoken, right? you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I liked that part. And then Maggie with the kid and the realization and, I didn't really feel like they needed to put in those 
flashbacks of Herschel being ripped from her, you know, taken away because it was obvious. So I thought that kind of interrupted the flow of that whole realization on her part. And I felt like she did a really nice job with just the vulnerability and just being able to portray the conflict, the struggle that she had with killing this kid. Cause right. now she's thinking, and you know, she's thinking, well, this kid was part of that group that they took. So Herschel could be in the same shape, but she's going to have to kill him too, or, you know, put him out of his misery or whatever you want to say, cause he's already dead, but I don't know. So those were the, probably the biggest things that if affected me emotionally. So, well, I love that you say that cause you finally said something. I'm such a negative person with Carol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Carol, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, but mostly Carol. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I love that, and I totally agree with you on that. And I saw it, too, her relationship with Daryl was a little bit different. And I don't think that her and Maggie really had too many scenes together previously, not one-on-one like that. So right. I I do think that Carol did shine in this episode in that way. And but under but under the radar. Yes, it was totally. very subtle. Yeah. That's the beauty of it, is because it was so subtle, but it was so strong. And that's what I like. Yeah, absolutely. And and also with Maggie facing that child, that was just so heartbreaking. It was very painful. I just thought it was a really good scene. And I saw it and I was impacted by it. But it wasn't until I went back the second time, like like you said, too, when you go back the second time, you just <laughs> yeah. really pay attention so much more. And I did think about how she felt with that kid. And I was right there with her to deal with it because... I was also reading an article, an uh, interview with Angela Kang, and about how so easily they kill these walkers, and we see them as monsters. Yeah. But they wanted to put it out there that all these monsters were people. Right. And they were people that were killed. And so in putting this little boy out there, what goes through... Maggie's mind is that this is a child. This this child had parents. These, you know, how are the parents dead and now their child is dead? And she thinks about Herschel and is he safe? And will this happen to him? So all these things are going through her mind and you can see it or feel it that she's having such a hard time. She doesn't want to kill the kid. The You know, he comes up, she grabs that rock, she puts it down, she walks away. You know, she's able to push him because he is a child, but, and then she has that interaction with that trooper, which I thought was really a, a good scene too, just her and that trooper. Mm-hmm. And, and then here comes the kid again, you know, on her back, almost about to grab her. And then she's, when she's holding that kid, oh man, that was, that was an emotional scene. I, that must have been really hard for her to, film also holding down that kid. And that kid was pretty good. I thought the kid was pretty good. He was really good. Acting as a walker. And even when she had that moment with Carol, both of their moments, like her face to me looked swollen. Like she had been crying. Oh, she looked like shit. I So I, you know, I believed it. I thought, oh my gosh. And I understand her feeling like a failure for her kids, even though she has no control. She has no control that they took him away. She, you know, she can only do what she can physically do. And so, but she feels like she let him down and she's not protecting her child. So I understood her feeling. And then I thought to myself, well, Carol has been in that same exact position. 
when she lost Sophia. So of course she understands what Maggie's going through. So I just thought it was a it was a really good moment between them two. Mm-hmm. So I I enjoyed seeing their interaction. And I also loved seeing Maggie in her kick-ass mode at the beginning when she was fighting the trooper on the bus and then when she was fighting him on the railroad tracks and then uh, on the train when she comes out and shoots him. So And also on the train with the uh, conductor also. So I just thought oh, yeah. Maggie was just, uh, she was just really good with hand-to-hand combat with these troopers. So I just really enjoyed seeing that. And I cannot wait for her revenge on Pamela Milton. And I thought, oh my God, how dare Pamela make Alexandria Outpost 22? That was actually a really good scene and ending for this episode. I was like, what? You're taking our place and making it this outpost? That's crazy. Yeah. What else did you see in this episode? Well, I part of the struggle, I think, um, that is inherent in just the like the, the stormtrooper soldier guys and why they're doing what they have to do. And it was pretty obvious. I mean, you saw it in the first guy Maggie encountered. And he dies, you know, in the shed or whatever, the shed row, whatever that is, the barn thing. Yeah. And then when they, they got the conductor and the conductor actually really laid it all out with the whole family being, you know, at re- I mean, it's like you're in some kind of a country where all they do is threaten you yeah, so that you follow the, the line or, you know, toe the line and you don't question, you don't do anything. So I thought that that was really Revealing just having those two d- different interactions. The one guy who knew through church, yeah. Father Gabriel, and then the other guy, the conductor who is just like plucked, you know, from where, cause he's not in any kind of outfit or suit or whatever. He just has the skills. So now he's driving this train. And, uh, then there was that, that little repartee between the two guys. Oh, it's that easy. You know, when they're trying to release the track, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the switch. Um, and, and Daryl had, sabotaged it. I just thought it was kind of interesting. So you're, you're kind of getting an insight into the troopers are being broken down very slowly, mentally, emotionally. So I don't think that they're going to be on the same page all the way through to the end, to the finale. I think that there's going to be enough of them that rebel and revolt, either walk away. Maybe they'll be led by Mercer or who knows, but yeah, you know, I think something, something's going to happen with that group of people because they're giving us little tidbits with how they really are being manipulated yeah, and how they feel. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my prediction. I know I'm jumping, but that's sort of my prediction for how this is going to wrap up, whether that's how it is in the comic book or the book. I'm not sure. Yeah. The graphic novel. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. So. Well, I like that you were able to see that and pick that out because I hadn't thought about that. And that's so true because I kept thinking that everything that we see is very intentional. And so yeah. I, but I, I don't know how to read everything that we're seeing. <laughs> you can only just take it in and oh, try yeah. and figure it out. Like, okay, what does this mean? What, how is this going to be in their favor? Just like the whole outpost 22, you know, Alexander, and I'm jumping right. ahead too. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit more maybe about predictions, but, you know, thinking about it is that we do know that everything that we're seeing is going to play some part in it, just like the train. Okay. Again, I'm getting ahead. So I do want to talk about Carol and Daryl. They continue to be this power duo. Um, 
just we talked about how she talked with him because he was just really ready to go find Connie. And I like that Carol doesn't tell him what to do. She reminds him of what his actions might lead them to. So and says, mm-hmm. do you remember when Connie was in the cave and what Kelly said to us? And she said, can't save them if we're dead. So oh. um, she just really mm-hmm. knows how to talk to Daryl. She's, I'm not going to tell you what to do. We're going to do what you want to, but just remember this. And, you know, basically there's only two of us. And so then he rethinks it and decides to wait, which is good because then they happen upon Maggie and then they, Father Gabriel and Rosita find them. So now they've got five people instead of two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and Maggie wants to get Connie also. So, you know, the goal is to get as many of their people back intact with as many people to fight against the troopers or the Commonwealth. Whatever. Yeah. And I did like that Daryl refers to his, um, the kids as his kids. When they, when he tells that trooper, they took yeah. my kids. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. I love the Daryl and Connie moment. I thought it was the cutest oh. thing. The way he like, yeah, I, but I thought, oh my God. Yeah, but is she, is, is she really a love interest for him? I mean, that's kind of the vibe that I got. I, I don't know, but you know, he has a soft spot for her. That's what I do know. And I felt that that moment was so like, it made me blush like for him because I was like, oh my God, the way he just gave her that little smile. It was just such the cutest thing. I love seeing that. I don't know what'll happen if anything will happen. Then I thought, ooh, maybe she should go to Paris with him in the spinoff. I don't know. (laughs) But no, because you know, it was supposed to be Carol. I don't know, but I just thought that was a really cute moment with them. And oh, on the train, that gunfight, there was so much ammo, so much fire, but oh, nobody yeah. was hitting so anybody. Many misses. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, they shot. Carol shoots, Daryl shoots, they shoot. It's like going back, back and forth. Like, oh my gosh, all this ammo. But then Maggie comes out with a one shot. She's all boom. I, one shot. Yeah. She's so good. It's like Indiana Jones, right? Yep. So funny. I loved it. And then also with uh, Daryl on the bike, I'm like, really, dude, you think you're going to outrun Daryl on a motorcycle? So I I loved how that was put in there. It was a good chase. And well, you knew that was going to happen because they showed them, you know, when they when when I saw the motorcycles, I'm like, yep, Daryl, is that one of Daryl's bikes? Yeah, you know, exactly. So but I knew he that he was going to get on one. So yeah, so it was just a it was great. It was perfect, and and then he goes <laughs> after him, and he slides under that tree trunk, and then gets up with his knife. He's all stab, and I'm like, it was, it was a good it was a good moment. So, but you know what I noticed though is that they're killing these people, but they're not like killing them. Yeah. So they're going to be zombie uh-huh. or, you know, the walking dead. Right. So I was wondering why they were not doing that because there were a few of those guys who are just going to like, whoop, yeah. you know, and then start doing their thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Me so. the same. We don't need any more walkers. Right. So just, I know, I know kill them properly. Take responsibility and yeah. Kill them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you tell them, Margaret. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> it's in the can. They don't care. <laughs> Did you have any other thoughts or tidbits on the episode? There is a lot of um, just little pieces that you know just 
with the guys like Negan and Father Gabriel and Kelly. Kelly's like stupid. And I didn't like that they showed her as being stupid because she's not, you know? Yeah. Let's go. We can run. We can make it. You know, they didn't need to even say that. I mean, to kill those people right. or to justify that shot, they could have just, because you know people are going to try and do it, especially if there's some kind of a, you know, confusion going on. Somebody's going to run because they always do. And they're getting killed and then they come back, you know, to eat everybody and then they get killed again. So I'm not really sure why they made her such a, I mean, they're sh- what they're showing though is they're breaking them down. Yes. And she's broken down a lot easier. So I guess that's why they made her so weak. I was going to say so, that. So yes. Yeah. And how can these guys, I mean, Negan and the wife, he's, you know, he's ready to die, you know, because he's going to do something that's going to cause everybody to, you need a spark? I'll be your spark. Okay. Yeah. What are you going to do? Just don't count on me making it out of here. Yeah. He says something like that. So it's like, but we know you have a spinoff. So (laughs) we know, you know, (laughs) you know, it's funny because I was watching being home this today. I was watching, um, it was probably yesterday. But they had uh, uh, Michonne, what's her name? Denai Di- Guerrera. Denai, yeah, because she's in, you know, the yes. um, Wakanda. Black or, Panther yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And they, so they were talking to her, and then they, of course, loop into her on Walking Dead. And it was, and she, and they're like, there are all these spinoffs, and blah. And she's like, oh, I know, and I'm in one of them, me and Rick. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so it's interesting that they're just like capitalizing on the popularity. Yeah. So can't blame them. It's money, right? Yep. Not the actors, but the producers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting from that perspective. I mean, the reality comes into play in this fictional world. I got nothing else. <laughs> I know you had mentioned last week that one of your favorite couples was Rosita and Father Gabriel. And I really. I know. And then there they were. Yeah. I really <laughs> enjoyed their scenes together. Yeah, I really did. I feel like maybe it's the writing of this episode, Margaret, because I feel like everybody was stepping up their game on everything because I thought it was well done because they weren't on the same page on part of it. You know, he has to remind her that she has to, you know, take care of her body and rest because it apparently she got hurt in that accident. Oh, she dislocated her shoulder. Yeah. But she wants to keep going yeah. because she's a mom. She wants her child. Right. She's all, where's my baby? So, you know, she keeps wanting to go and he's all like, you know. But isn't it, so who's ba- Who's the daddy? Who's the Sadiq. baby daddy? Sadiq, is, yeah. but he is. Right. So yeah. why does Father Gabriel say my child? Well, he's like the parental role for her because they're, to- they're together. So, but Sadiq is actually the father of the child. That's what I thought. Yeah. But when he said that, I was like, well, okay, so easily replaced. That's, I mean, in reality, that's not, I don't know, that's not real. Because in reality, you know, your father is your father, your step is your step. There's, they're not like your real father. I don't think that it would ever be expressed that way. I mean, just be, just from a personal perspective. Well, it's interesting because we found out she was pregnant. And we found out Sadiq was the father, but she was never with Sadiq. Like we never saw her with him. She was always with Father Gabriel. So uh, yeah. we, it was like during a, I believe it was during a season change. So when we came back, we were all supposed to know it was Sadiq's baby, but she was with Father Gabriel. So 
when she has the baby, Father Gabriel's already her, you know, love interest there. So maybe that is yeah. why he is basically the father. I, I don't know. That's a whole other story. But in, in this episode, I love seeing them together. I loved seeing how much he cared for her. Um, I love how she tells him, what do I always tell you? And he says something like, quit bitching and move forward. <laughs> and so, so he reminds her of that. So I thought that was really cool. I just really liked seeing them. I thought it was a really good scene between them. I also liked seeing Father Gabriel with that trooper and praying with him. I'm really glad to have seen Father Gabriel's evolution from when we first met him. He's just changed yeah. such a better person. And so I just yeah. really appreciate that about him. And then I noticed there was more swearing going on lately, oh. <laughs> like lately, yeah. like somebody's, yeah, everybody's always yeah. saying that word lately, which is yeah. so interesting, funny, and I like it. And so, um, and then Yvette Nicole Brown, super fan, was the voice on the walkie. So she finally got to be on the oh. episode wow. in that manner. But well, also, though, I thought her role in that she was saying an awful lot not knowing who the other person was i'm like you're giving away so much information it almost yeah. seemed too yeah. much information too much like yeah. it kept going and going and going like how much are you I gonna know. tell this person yeah. what are your best friends yeah exactly that's how it felt yeah. so i thought that was yeah. a, a interesting way it was hard for me to hear even the other troopers the men who all the troopers that were talking on oh. Milwaukee, i could not understand what they were saying i kept putting up my volume. I'm like, what are they saying? I was trying you to gotta do closed captions. I think so. Because uh, and I didn't have it on. So it was hard yeah. for me to understand. And they brought up designation two, which is where right. Connie was being sent before they, you know, saved her. But where is designation two? I think that's gonna play an important part. They wouldn't have just dropped it in this episode like that. So yeah. We will find out soon, I believe. All right. Yeah. We are at our segment and the award goes to. So Margaret, tell me, what was your favorite quote, character or moment? I I think just uh, Mag, that whole struggle, Maggie with the kid and then finally killing him, pinning him down, holding him, cradling him like a child, you know, like a her own yeah. baby. I thought that was pretty powerful. On both parts. I mean, the kid did a really nice job. She did a really nice job. And then just being consoled after by Carol, I thought was appropriate. Yeah. So I liked that. Out of all of it, it wasn't bloody. It wasn't gory, but it was very intense. Yeah. So That's a good one. All right, Diana. I know you have so many things, but what do you think was the most important? What, who should the award go to? For me, for you, okay. For me, it would be Ezekiel really? because I actually sat up and cheered when he said what he did to Negan. Because oh, to Negan, yeah, mm -hmm. I just felt his words were super important because no one has actually said what he said, and I have I said it on the podcast so many times before. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like he just voiced it. So I feel like the writers heard maybe fans out there. I don't know what it is, but I felt like what he said was important. And it was basically that he stayed away from him for several years or as much as he can because because of what he's done. 
He says, you've burned faces. You took uh, women against their will. And along with, of course, killing Glenn and Abraham, which is the worst thing. But we've talked about or he's talked about, well, he was retaliating because his people were killed. But those other things had nothing to do with it. What he did to Dwight and what he did to those women had nothing to do with our group. So I had always said, you know, Negan wasn't a very good person when he was leading the saviors. He had done really bad things. So for Ezekiel to actually say it, I just, I did. I got up and I'm like, yes, Ezekiel, thank you for saying it. And I also really appreciated Negan, though, because, of course, I've grown to really care about Negan, you know, his character now. And I really appreciated uh, what he said to Ezekiel, because he does recognize what Ezekiel represents, and that is hope, that thing we talked oh. <laughs> about. Also, I didn't mention it earlier, but I think that when Carol and Maggie talked, Carol said, Maggie, look, they've separated us because they know together we're a force. And right. and Maggie says, yes, you're right. And I, to me, again, there's that hope because as they get together, they're so powerful together because they all care about each other so much. And it basically kind of gives them this fuel to keep going. So that's what I meant by I saw periodic moments of hope throughout the season. And yeah, so I just really, uh, really like this on Ezekiel's part. And uh, just representing that also for Kelly and trying to figure out how to get her out of this mindset that she's in. And so I'm looking forward to what Negan and Ezekiel would do. So um, yeah, so that was my favorite moment. So tell me which character from a previous season would you have liked to have seen in this episode? I think that Morgan would have been really effective because he's got a nice energy, plus he's a really good fighter. So I think it would have been... And he can think on his feet, you know, and he is a leader, too. So maybe maybe because they've created his character as a leader, um, they don't want any conflict between the others who are leaders, right. too, so, which is unfortunate. But I think he would have done, you know, would have been interesting to see him a strong man who's come a long way as well, you know, yeah. changed and developed. But I don't know. It's it's hard when you ask that question because there have been so many characters and, you know, just the most prominent ones really are the ones who stick out, right. you know, to, to reference. But um, I don't know. So who would you choose and then why? Well, I do want to mention I almost chose Sadiq, which is funny because you asked about him earlier and we brought him up, which is interesting because ah. I had actually really thought about him for a moment because I actually liked his character. And so yeah. I, I thought about him, but I landed back on Herschel, Father Herschel, oh. and maybe Beth, yeah, because they're Maggie's family. And even though the late Scott Wilson isn't with us anymore, and he could never have been in this episode, I almost would have liked to have seen him maybe as someone that Maggie would um, recollect or something. I don't know exactly, but that I felt like she needed a father figure because she was really breaking down. It was really hard for her to not have her son and to deal with this other child. And it would have just been really nice to have the comfort of her father. And if not her father, then maybe her sister, Beth. 
So it mm-hmm. made me recognize those two characters and the role that they played in Maggie's life. It would have been nice to have seen them in this episode. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So tell me, we, we're moving on here. Oh my gosh. So what do you hope to see in the next episode? Or do you have any predictions? Even though we kind of talked about this earlier a little bit, touched upon it. Well, I, I think maybe not the next episode, but I think that um, we saw an awful lot of the stormtrooper insight attitude, just I call them stormtroopers because that's what they look like. But <laughs> the force, the security force, the, we didn't see um, Mercer. We didn't really see anything that was going on back at the Commonwealth. Right. So we're going to have to go back there next episode. And then there's going to be like... SOS, SOS, or whatever's going to happen. There's got to be some kind of a communication thing that goes on. But I really feel like it's, it's, um, revealing, the show is slowly revealing how these guys are all just kind of squished into this role that they don't want to be in. They're just being threatened, which is why they're doing it. And I think there's going to be a rebellion at some point. Maybe not this next episode, but perhaps the following episode. That's what, that's my prediction. But. And uh, you? Well, I'm thinking that since we're going back to Alexandria, I'm hoping that our group outside will use the underground to gain the upper hand in Alexandria. You know, that right. underground tunnel that. Well, they, they show were it. In. I. Yeah, they show the preview. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but that was my initial thought before seeing the previews. Like when they were buses driving up, mm. I thought, oh. Maybe that's how they can get in. So I'm hoping that that will, and maybe they'll be there, but I'm hoping that they'll actually use it to their advantage. Hopefully, yeah. you know, Commonwealth doesn't know about it. Because Maggie- Well, does, the other guys, oh, go ahead. No, because I was saying, Maggie says Milton has underestimated us from day one, and we're going to get our kids, we're going to get them back, and we're going to make it right, and she isn't going to see it coming. So I thought, ooh, she's not going to see it coming. How is this going to- play out. So I'm excited to see that part. And I also want to say the train, I think the train is going to be very significant. And I, you know, could it be the key for the spinoffs? So. Oh, yeah. But okay. So if you think about it, where do you think all those kids are? I think they're back at the Commonwealth someplace. I don't think they ever left. That could be very true. Also, they're using Alexandria. They could be using Hilltop. They could be using, uh, using Oceanside. We don't know what they're using yet. So, but yeah, you're right. They could be back at the Commonwealth also. Well, but they did say um, the one guy with the red hair, you know, the main guy for the whole train transportation thing, telling everybody, uh, you have yeah. no name, you yes. have no this, none of that. Yeah. Or our kids, your kids are going to be, I interpreted what he said, I remember what he said exactly, but I interpreted it as though they were going to have a normal, healthy, happy life, which means being in the Commonwealth, yeah. not anywhere else. Right. True. That's why I think they're probably still there. But um, then what about the, the people who Jerry and that? Group? Oh, Aaron, Jerry, Lydia yeah. and Elijah. Where are they? They're still they're still going to Oceanside. Yeah. So, right. But is Alexandria on the way to Oceanside? I mean, are they going to cross paths? I mean, something's got to happen there. And then is that it for the group? Is there nobody else out there? It's just the group that we saw this week and then those guys yeah. and then that's it. That's left over. Well, that's all that's left over. And Eugene and... Right, but they don't count because they're locked up. They're locked up. <laughs> and the kids. Well, they can't do anything. Except for maybe well, any kids, strays. Yeah. But yes, that's the majority of the group. Yes, you're right. So that we're down to a handful of people. Yeah. 
again instead of like 20. It's really kind of oh my god, interesting. Freaking me out, yeah. man. All right. Well, I'm excited for the next episode. Can't wait to watch it. We're going to be back at it next week. Okay. So, Margaret, yes. that wraps up our conversation on The Walking Dead. I would like to know what are you currently watching? Well, I got the email because I'm. I like some of the stuff that's on Apple TV Plus, and I got the email about the Mosquito Coast, and I really, really loved the first season because there was so much action and so much intrigue and just, you know, the characters were really very well developed. The actors are really good, and there was stuff that happened that you didn't anticipate happening. And so I thought the second season, which, you know, they they released it one episode at a time. Although I thought that they were going to do two episodes, so I was waiting for episode two after episode one. So episode one really was a flashback to what drove them into this position of trying of being on the run. So it filled in a lot of gaps because they were explaining it to the kids who are now old enough to understand it. And uh, I just thought it was not what i thought because the the wife have you seen the mosquito coast i have but our listeners may not have so don't give away too much well no but in the first season the wife seems to be the stable protective one and the father is the crazy one and you know like why they're running yeah when what's revealed in the first episode of season two kind of really highlights illustrates you know, where they both were 13 years ago and that they were actually functional working people contributing to society, you know, just kind of talked about the history. So it was, it was interesting, but it wasn't like fascinating. So, but I'll still watch it. (laughs) I actually love that show. I love the first season. So I'm so excited and happy to see season two, but man, they only put out one episode. I wish they, I would like it when they put at least a couple initially and then they can do one a week but i can't wait to watch it so after that my eyes are almost closed and it kicked into the movies and it was raymond and ray and i thought okay it's got ewan mcgregor love and it's got i know and then it has ethan hawk who i could take or leave i mean he does a decent job in anything he does So this movie was really interesting because it was a very under the radar sort of emotionally driven piece. And he did a really nice job, but it's about two brothers, Raymond and Ray. It's like George, George one, George two, George, you know, George Foreman and all his sons that are named George. <laughs> it's the same kind of idea, except these two guys are brought together in the very beginning because the one Raymond gets a letter from the attorney because he's the most stable of the two about their father having died. So the one Raymond, Ewan McGregor, picks up Ray, who's Ethan, who is an addict or ex-addict, and they drive down talking about their history and, you know, how they were disconnected and, you know, they have their own mothers, but they have the same father. And, you know, how do you feel about dad? They both hate him. And so it's just like, you know, out of duty, they're down there to, to bury the, the father. And, and then you meet all these other characters and then you find out that he has more than just the two sons. It's just kind of, it's comical, but then it's also sad, but it's also, I don't know. I think it's relatable for some people who's, uh, Fathers just kind of like 
you know, took a hike after they were born and left the mothers with the kids. And then, you know, maybe he's in your life, maybe he's not in your life. So I think that a lot of people who have that situation would identify with some of the emotions that go on here. Yeah. Overall, it was just a weird sort of collection of conversations between people and then how they related to each other and then how the character reflected. I was intrigued, very subtle, very no flashbang, no guns, no blood, mm. you know, none of that stuff. Yeah. So just a heady, heady intellectual kind of piece. Yeah. So you tell me, because you watch HBO, you see all this stuff that I don't get. So what, do you, what did you see? So I want to say that you've set up my uh, Friday evening what I'm going to watch because I'm going to go head on over to Apple TV and watch these things that you're oh. suggesting. <laughs> but for me, okay, so last week someone told me that Love is Blind season three was out. So I had to watch it. There's only four episodes out. It's on Netflix. I do love this show. It's so addicting. It's about these couples who are in pods they don't get to see each other they talk to each other they decide they're going to get married oh. then once they you know decide they're going to propose they go out of the pods they meet each other uh spend some time with each other they meet up as a group and meet their other people that they dated in the pods and then they um live outside i think the pods meet families and then they eventually go to the altar and at the altar they either say they're getting married or they're not getting married so that's what the whole oh, premise man. is i've only seen wow. four episodes because because that's all they have released so far and in those four episodes we do we're, we're up to couples finding each other couples proposing meeting going outside, spending a night together, and then meeting as a group and seeing the other people that they've dated. So that's what four episodes get you, which I really love because it's not dragged out. You get to know, are these people getting together? Are they not? And by episode three, Margaret, you won't be surprised, but I cried. <laughs> oh, they made me cry. Diana. I know. How many couples are I'm there? I'm such a sap. I think that there is, is there four or five? Four or five couples, I think. Some of them you're like, mm. I don't know if you guys are going to make it. And then some of them are like, oh my God, you guys are so cute. Uh, you know, but now will they continue this, how they are? You see some people are pretty um, like lovey-dovey. And then some people like are very far from each other when they meet. You know, because yeah. it's like, uh, I got to get used to having this physical well, presence. But not some they, of them. Yeah. Some of them are, I love you when they see each yeah, other. Yeah, but there's a camera. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know. It's, I'm not one of those people. Uh, it's all very interesting. I do love it. It's a third season. So if you like that, that type of stuff, go to Netflix and check that out. I also watched last Friday the Matthew Perry um, interview by Diane Sawyer, and I just wanted to briefly mention it because I love Friends. I watch it every night before I go to bed. It's what I go to sleep to. I like all the characters, but of course Chandler is, you know, a great character. And just listening to his about his addiction and what he's gone through, it's just very heartbreaking. And so um, he's putting it out there to help other people. And so it was just, um, it was hard to see him like this. So I feel bad for him, but he seems very hopeful. So all the best to him. But that's out there. I think I saw it on Hulu. I'm not sure, but it is out mm -hmm. there for people to watch. I also watched Barbarian, which is on HBO Max. My son insisted I see this. He saw it in the theaters and said, Mom, you must watch this. It's basically about a woman who 
ends up at an Airbnb and another renter is there. So it's been double booked. And she has, it's a man, he's a man, uh-huh. it's a man. So you yeah. you don't know where this is going. You can't figure out what's going to happen, what's going to occur next. But there are things she must deal with, with this renter and with the house and the secrets in the house. Then it takes about halfway through, it takes this major twist and introduces this other character and his life, which is Justin Long. It's kind of crazy. Like, my mind was a little bit blown by the twist in this horror slash comedic movie. So I did enjoy it. Although I was stressed at the beginning. I had like a lot of, um, sus- you know, how suspense kind of gets to you. And like, you, can- I sometimes I can't take it. That's why sometimes horror films are hard for me. Not because of the actual scariness that's happening, but it's the anticipation. Sometimes I just can't take it. I'm like, this is killing me. Yeah. I can't take the suspense. I don't know what's going to happen. But anyway, I found it very, um, it was entertaining. It was, it was, um, I understood why my son wanted me to watch it. Georgina Campbell stars in this, Justin Long, as I mentioned, and Bill Skarsgård. So uh, there are plot holes. So I am going to mention that. So just so you know, there are some plot holes, but it was a fun ride. And that is what I've been watching. Thank you, Margaret, for your recommendations that I will be watching tonight. Thank you for your insights on The Walking Dead. (laughs) I cannot wait for the next episode and for us to break it down. So thank you for hanging out with me tonight. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. All right, friends out there, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something that we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Wherever you listen, if you can rate and review, that would be awesome. It helps other listeners find us. We'll be releasing a new episode next week on The Walking Dead. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.